0: Like many of us, Christine Van Bloom's business was upended when the COVID pandemic started. She'd been running a successful in-person cooking school for nearly 15 years. Of course, she found a way to pivot, but then life kicked her in the face. Her husband had a stroke, she had a widow-maker heart attack, and then her business landlord ended her lease and kicked her out of her kitchen. Despite all that, Christine's resilient and found a way to reinvent her business. On today's show, you'll hear her inspiring story and find out what she's doing now. This is Chris Speer, and you're listening to Chefs Without Restaurants, the show where I speak with culinary entrepreneurs and people working in the food and beverage industry outside of a traditional restaurant setting. I have 31 years of working in kitchens, but not restaurants, and I operate a personal chef service throwing dinner parties in the Washington, D.C. area. When I moved to Frederick, Maryland back in 2007... I really wanted to immerse myself in the food scene and get to know the chefs here. And for whatever reason, it was incredibly tough to find who the actual chefs were working in restaurants. Weird, right? But one person stood out, and I kept seeing her everywhere. And that was Christine Van Bloem. At the time, I hadn't started my personal chef business, and I couldn't even imagine chefs without restaurants being a thing. Like me, Christine had gone to culinary school. And like me, she had no desire to work in a restaurant kitchen. Christine ultimately started the Kitchen Studio Cooking School, where people would come and partake in really fun, hands-on cooking classes. And I even had the opportunity to lead a cooking class there one time. But of course, COVID happened. And I don't want to spoil the whole story here, but I'll say that Christine's business has evolved, and today she's here to talk about her newest venture, the Empty Nest Kitchen. After hearing Christine's story, it was evident to me that this is a story of perseverance and adaptation. You can make all the plans in the world, but some things are just out of your hands, and it's how you roll with it that matters. I want to keep this intro short. I just want to say that I hope you enjoy today's show, and if you want to be a part of a community, head on over to chefswithoutrestaurants.org. From there, you'll find a link to our Facebook group where we're sharing business advice, cooking tips, and gig leads. Also, I've been having a lot of fun on threads, so I'd love for you to connect with me over there. Like Instagram, I'm at chefswithoutrestaurants. I know your time's valuable, and you have a lot of choices about how to spend it. As always, thanks for taking the time to listen to the show, and have a great week. Hey, Christine. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Hey, Chris.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: This is kind of crazy that uh, I've been doing this for four years now, and I haven't had you on the show yet since you were the first chef without a restaurant I really knew. But I guess, you know, I started this pre-COVID, and we'll get to that, and COVID changed so much, and you had a little uh, downtime from the food business for a bit there, so... Uh, but now you're back. So I can't wait now to I'm share back. this story with people. You're back. Yeah, <laughs>
1: you're so you sweet. know,
0: and you know, I, I want to say uh, uh, genuinely thank you because when I moved to Frederick, I was super excited. We seemed to have a really cool food scene. You, you know, you and I have talked about this. I thought we were going to have industry nights and I was going to network with all these chefs and then, like, nobody cared like nobody was interested and the only chef who i could seem to even find in the city of frederick was you you know and and you were everywhere i mean you couldn't go to any kind of event without christine having a table there and doing you know some kind of cooking demo but you know uh you had me over to your place we sat down we talked you've let me you know rent your kitchen you didn't even charge me when i needed it to do events and i did a dinner at your cooking school so I really appreciate that when nobody else wanted to talk to me. And I just wanted to talk to cool chefs. But, um, you know, that's a whole side thing about, like, our our food uh, culture and industry here in the town that we live in.
1: Well, it's a whole, you know, it's a whole world of levels, right? And where yeah. you are and where you garner the respect and if you're real and if you're not. And I think, you know, certainly you've helped with all of that, and it's awesome. And I think Chefs Without Restaurants getting a much better uh, deal these days, you know? I like to think so. Appreciation, I think, so.
0: Well, kind of on that note, I mean, I saw you everywhere. So you had a business. Like, how important was that to really be out there. If you have a business that relies on, I mean, yes, every business relies on customers, but like putting yourself out there and doing all those, like being at this, you know, whatever festival and having a table or talking quite often, you know, I don't know what, whether you're charging people or not. I'm sure there's some free work and then there's some paid work, but um, it seemed really important to you to get out there in front of people.
1: Yeah. um, You know, I always say there are endless opportunities to work for free. Um so some of that goes with it. I think you have to really look at what the opportunity is. So I owned a cooking school. I opened a recreational cooking school that I opened in 2005 because when I went to culinary school back in the 90s, um nobody was, you know, there was no such thing as a recreational cooking school. And I knew from my very first class that like teaching was where I wanted to be. That was to me, that was just like, oh, and I, I wanted to do that. I didn't want to work in a restaurant. I think I would have liked magazine work, but I didn't really want to cater. Um, I was pretty newly married at that point. Now, you know, I'm an old biddy, but it was just a time where I was like, this, this is a vibe for me. So I had lived here in the town that we're in for a little while and I started personal chefing because that was a brand new thing. That's how long I've been doing this. And I I started teaching a class here or there in someone's house and it just kind of steamrolled and then I was chatting someone up and they said, I know of a space if you're interested. And I was like, heck yeah, I'm interested. And it happened really quickly. And I had it for 15 years. So really, it was such a wonderful experience.
0: That's a good long run. What did you think you were going to do? You went to culinary school. You know, I went to culinary school in the 90s as well. And, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to go be an executive chef at a restaurant. Like, what did you think you were going to do?
1: I, I never thought I was going to be an executive chef. I thought I was going to eat a lot check um i thought that i'd be able to do some cool food writing you know getting there doing some check um just i just knew that i wanted to be involved in food somehow and back then if you didn't do restaurant work nobody wanted to talk to you like you weren't you weren't capable of being a teacher you weren't capable of shining someone's shoes it was really just the start of when everything got interesting, I think.
0: Yeah. And now look at the landscape of culinary. I mean, the whole oh like gosh. idea of chefs without restaurants. You know, before, you know, I'd tell someone I'm a chef and they'd ask where all excitedly and you tell them. And, you know, when I was working in a retirement community, it's like, oh, OK. It's like, no, yeah. no it's really cool. It's really cool. You know, and, um, it's so different than it was 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, just watching this kind of grow.
1: And it's so cool. I mean, looking at all of the talent that's out there, especially young talent. I get, I get super excited seeing and, you know, I hate to be that old lady who's like, back in my day. But I, I love that the, you know, the stuff we put in is really helping these younger chefs, these younger food professionals come along. I, I just get giddy at that. I love it
0: and you had such a great team where you were i mean it seemed like oh. you all there was great synergy and and i also thought it was interesting that other people could come teach there you know with you you know i came and did a dinner there one time and you make you make everyone come and do a dish like i remember i came and had to just be a dish dog before i was allowed to come and do a class right that's that's how it works yeah
1: absolutely because listen i i don't believe in that whole you know, yes, chef hierarchy in, in my situation. I mean, a brigade system works great in a restaurant kitchen. It totally does. But I had this superstar, ridiculously overqualified um, staff that helped me. And they were just, they were so incredible and they were so brilliant. And, you know, things would just run so smoothly with them. They knew all my moves and it was it was just so great. And they had such brilliant ideas. Um, it was always such a pleasure. And, and I think to do something like that, I mean, it could have been, I remember looking at names when I was first starting out. And of course, crowdsourcing in 2000 and whatever um, was really different from now. And somebody was like, oh, it's got to be Christine's Kitchen. And I was like, well, absolutely not. Uh, and that also means they're always going to be looking for me. And I wanted to use it as a space to bring other talented people in, kind of whether they were chefs or really passionate, um, very talented home cooks. Or, you know, we had a lady who did cake pops, oh my gosh. I mean, the stuff she did, not on my best day, right? Not on my best day. Could I even touch that? So it was really fun to bring in bakers and pasta professionals and all sorts of people to come in. And yes, dish dog for sure. Because if you're not going to pitch in and be part of the team, I was not interested because that didn't fit our vibe.
0: Well, and you know that this is not just about cooking uh, uh, you know nice. especially what you were doing there I, I have never even made the claim that I'm remotely close to being the best chef or even a great chef you know I have a lot of experience but in the personal chef will, world I'm an entertainer so it's a blend of like being able to cook being able to be organized being able to entertain, yeah. And all that stuff. So I think I'm really great when you put these things together. And the same with you. Like you don't have to be the best chef, but you have to be the best chef or one of the best who can also entertain and facilitate a good time and organize a team. And that's a whole skill set, you know. Once it comes together,
1: it totally is. And and I'm like you. I have never made claims. Listen, somebody's always going to be better. It it doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing. Um, there is always someone better always. And I'll tell you what though, if people come to me when I had the space, I knew they were going to have a great time. I knew they were going to have a lot of fun. I know they were going to leave knowing things they didn't know when they got there. Right. I knew that it was going to be a memorable, wonderful time where they would learn things. And that was my whole objective.
0: I have people reaching out to me for this all the time in their homes, and I've had um, varying levels of success. The thing I find most interesting is these people who are adamant that they want to cook everything, like nothing prepped, and I get there and I say, it's time to make soup, let's cut onions, and they look at you like, are you out of your mind? And they really just want to stand there with a glass of wine watching me cook. And I'm like, you know, and that's why I really have to talk to these people about what my experience looks like, and I'm going in the direction of, I call it like a instructional, somewhat interactive dinner, but mostly like, stay out of my way, let me do my thing, and you can be in the kitchen the whole time asking questions, and I'll give you recipes, because I have never once, not once, had a group that wanted to actually roll up their sleeves and cook. Like, I just, those are not the people who are hiring me, even though they say that's what they want.
1: Well, you know, there's a romance to thinking that that's what you want. And I think being really successful doing what you're doing and doing what I'm doing means you have to be really nimble and you have to really think about it. I mean, I've I've done the classes where I had a group um, down just outside of D.C. that I would go every month for like two years. I went once a month and sometimes they were all in and they wanted to be hands-on with some things a lot of times say really just like you said they wanted to have a glass of wine they wanted me to joke around i'm hilarious you know they wanted me to give them the recipes at the end that i'm sure they never made but we had a great time it's 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 being able to read people read the situation i don't think you can go into someone's house and be rigid doing what we're doing
0: no not at all and i think that's what I talk to personal chefs or potential personal chefs about the most because they ask me for advice, right? And it's like, well, you're a a good chef, cook, whatever, but how are you when the dog is at your feet? You know, and some people say, like, I have a policy that says, like, no dogs. It's like, I'm going into your home. Like, I I don't feel like I can tell you you can't have your dog. The kids can't be in the kitchen. It's a a hazard. It's like, you have a five-year-old running around the house. Like, you're not locking them in a room. Like, I don't have anything like that in my policies that you can't have your dogs or children like I have a house at home with two children a dog and a cat and I can cook my dinner here I can cook your dinner there you know
1: I I think I want to stipulate that they have to have a dog I love dogs yes (laughs) but you know I'll tell you what I've had some really successful times where the kids or you know one kid in particular is kind of into it and maybe they're shy and you draw them in and all of a sudden they're having a great time. If they're really little, I mean, it's dump and stir. I've taught tons of kids cooking classes. They just want to dump and stir. That's all it is. And if you can give them that and maybe you're there a little bit longer, you know, for me, I kind of map out the whole night as like, this is my night. This is what I'm doing tonight. I'd rather stay another half hour beyond my schedule if it means that, you know, this kid is going to lose their mind because they got to do something cool. So I I love it. I mean, I kind of, I would rather do that any day than kind of be like the help, right? Yeah. Oh, I hate being the That's where I don't, that's, I feel like we're coming in and we're trying to do something that is, gosh, I'm going to sound so obnoxious and chefy here, but, you know, practicing our craft Right. We're trying to, to show and practice our craft and draw them in and do that whole thing. And when they're kind of dismissive, that's not what they want. That's when they want a caterer, you know, because caterers are so good at, at blending in and everything's just gorgeous and they slip it in. But yeah, that's the, that's the thing.
0: I very recently was the help at one of these parties. Like I got there and it was a a birthday celebration. And I don't think anyone except the host introduced themselves to me. Like I was there and people like see right through you. We didn't yeah. even announce what the dishes were. Like I literally like salad on the table. Everyone's talking, music's playing. And we just walked away. It's like, I hope you – you know whatever yeah. just eat the food like i hope you like it the same thing with the entree. like i'm bringing you this bowl that has like 80 ingredients and in it. it's like nobody knew what anything was there was no printed menu they didn't it was care. just like oh yeah like do your thing eat your food Yeah. i got a i get a really decent paycheck for that one and that was fine but you know it's not as fun and i did you have one roll customer with that. And I had a customer come to me afterwards while they were doing dessert, and he came into the kitchen and wanted to tell me about you know his smoker and all the things that he does at home. Like you occasionally get the the one too, but it's like they didn't even yeah. want to pause for five seconds and like learn what they were eating. Like I'm not looking to educate you. It's just like here's your your pasta with your bolognese, and these are the vegetables in it. Like that's all I was gonna do.
1: Yeah, it's it's just was back to that you know rolling with it and being nimble. Read but the room. I do. I prefer it when it becomes a really cohesive atmosphere. And I mean, I, th- I sound so greedy, I think, but I love to be part of things. And I, I love service, right? I totally love doing the little extra things and being the, oh, well, what about this? You know, that to me is the most
0: fun. Well, I've had this as a debate with other personal chefs because, like, this is my career. Like, I quit a job to do my own thing. Like, I want to be happy every day. And that means, like, cooking for and with people who enjoy it. And some people say just basically, like, shut up and cook for these people, right? Like, get off your high horse. Like, they're paying the bill. And it's like, yeah, they're paying the bill. But, like, if I can opt to pick which customers I want to work with, there have been ones who, I have talked to them on the phone, and you get off the phone, and immediately you're like, I am not going to want to cook for this person. I really don't care how much they're looking to spend. It's going to be a nightmare for me, and I'm going to find a way to tell them that it's not going to work out. And I know this is a hot topic that a lot of people have disagreed with me on.
1: Well, I mean, I think – Okay, so I used to be super judgy. I I don't, maybe the pandemic knocked it out of me, maybe old age, but I think if you're running your business, then you're running your business and you know what, um, what lights your fire, you know, you know, when you're going to have the best time, when you're going to have the most success, when you're going to be able to be the most you. So do that. And if people have an issue with it, I mean, they don't have to do that same thing, right?
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Well, and you mentioned pandemic there, so you had a very in-person, let's have a bunch of (laughs) uh, people into a space to cook together right up on each other, and then COVID hits, so what happened there?
1: Yeah, okay, so you know the whole ugly backstory, but March 13th of 2020 was our last in-person class at the Kitchen Studio Cooking School. And I have to tell you, the month before, in that February, we crashed our website when we released our calendar because, you know, I make the joke, 15 years to be an overnight success. But it had taken, you know, I was grinding and grinding for years, and we were just flying, you know. Bookings were coming in, private classes, all that good stuff everybody was affected. You know, everyone was affected. And I am a safety girl. So I wanted to be sure we were following all the rules and regulations. I'm a square. Um, So we shut down when they said we had to shut down. And you know, it was such panic for all of us. I remember um, speaking to uh, bankruptcy attorney for the business and walking around in my backyard, you know, talking to this guy. And the month before the coffers were full, right? Everything. I didn't pay myself a lot, um, but I'm not a frivolous spender, but everybody wanted their money back right away. I mean, customers that come to me for years and years wanted their 70 bucks for one class back right away. Ultimately, um, thank goodness for the PPP. It let me pay my landlord. It let me pay my staff. Um, It let me pay myself a little bit. But um, it was, gosh, it was just such an awful time because nobody knew what was going on. And ultimately, I had to refund over $30,000 in very short time. That's a lot. It was, I mean, it was breathtaking, and I remember I had tried to roll everybody over into doing online classes, and some people actually sent me the nastiest emails, and it was breathtaking for me because, like I said, service has always been a really fun thing for me, and I tried to build relationships and all of those things, so that was super devastating, but it gets worse, right? So we didn't know what was going to happen, and I had been in negotiations with my landlord because my lease was going to be up. And I was in this really, it was a great space for me, but forget about drive-by traffic. They were closing the turnoff from the highway down. They were, you know, it was, it's not a great space for anybody who didn't have people registering in advance. And we were in negotiations. They had somebody new in the office who didn't send the paperwork out. And then, truthfully, I was like, well, I don't know what's, what's happening here. So I found out after <laughs> I had just broken my ankle playing pickleball. And my husband had to drive me back and forth to work. And we're trying to do online cooking camps at this point because it's the summer of 2020. And those were, way more successful than I thought they'd be and then we were doing some online adult classes and I'm a ham so I can make that come across Um, but I had broken my ankle very dramatically and my husband drove me down so I could do some stuff and I opened up a letter from my landlord that basically said um, you can leave and you can do that within 30 days or we reserve the right to kick you out um, and we would give you 60 days. And I Oh wow, was, that's, that's I was floored because I I you know how I said I'm a square. Well, I had to pay I paid that rent one time every month for 15 years. And I think they were under the impression maybe because everybody I'm gonna give some grace here, lots of therapy, but everybody was freaking out, right? Everybody was freaking out, nobody knew what was happening. But I think other folks thought maybe they would want to take my space. And I think that looked really good to them. And all of a sudden they wanted me to sign a 10- year lease when the most I'd ever signed was three, you know, And it just it was just bad. It was just a bad situation. It was just bad.
0: Which is crazy because it was a horrible it was a horrible location. Like we're gonna put a donut shop in there. Like does anyone even know that there's a donut shop there? Like you can't see it from the street?
1: It was a guy, some guy, they were showing him some other bay. He wanted to open a fish restaurant. He saw my space and said, oh, I would take that for 10 years. And they took that as gospel. And I'm like, okay. So uh, that was like toward the end of, I broke the ankle in the middle of July. That was toward the end of July. And I was like, okay, I'm going to leave. And then uh, mid-August, my husband had a stroke. And he's doing great, so no worries there. But that was super devastating. He had kind of a rare kind of stroke. Um, And then I had to get things packed up, and that's where my super awesome staff came in. They just, oh, my gosh, they were machines. I was so devastated, right? Um, And just trying to get everything done. Moved out. I had, I mean... Men who had taken classes from me previously, when they saw that I had to sell all my stuff, like sell all my stuff, they were like, Christine, you should not be meeting strange men at your location in the evening. This is not cool. We're going to come and hang out with you, which I just thought was the most touching thing ever. Um, So many people reached out and they were so kind. So when uh john was recovering from a stroke i got everything out by the end of august of 2020 and then just you know cap it off make it awesome for everyone i had a heart attack um in mid-september right after my birthday
0: just bring it on take on all the shit all at once
1: (laughs) well what's a cup of water when you're drowning Right? So I had um, a Widowmaker heart attack and I had it in the hospital and that was um, the only reason that I survived it. So came home and, you know, I now have a little stent right in there, keeping things open, but came home and immediately had to take care of my husband. The dog had torn his, you know, ACL or whatever it is. So I'm carrying the dog all over the place and... I just kind of lost my mind.
0: Yeah. Every day on Facebook, it was like some new thing. It was like, hey, you're not going to believe what happened here. I remember when I saw the dog thing. It's just like, what's, you know, what's one more
1: thing? <laughs> he didn't die for a few more months, so it was okay. But, you know, I I really, truly tried to handle it with humor, right? Because um, I think that's the only way I could because I had, you know, in my head, I'm like, oh, you lost every, I didn't lose everything. Right. I still have my house. I didn't have to use a bankruptcy attorney. My kids are fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm so, so lucky. I was in the hospital when I had this big heart attack and that's why I lived. So, I mean, there were a lot of things that happened, but it did take the wind really out of my sails and losing the business, I mean, if I'm being honest, that was harder than any other aspect because it was so who I am.
0: Yeah, and I I know you had kind of, you know, every time I talked to you, like, there was a little joking, like, oh, maybe this is the time that I don't renew the lease and kind of like figure out what I'm doing, you know.
1: Oh, for sure. You know, I was trying to figure out long-term plans. My kids were, one was graduating college. The other was in college, you know. So I'm trying to figure out. They're big shifts. You'll see as your kids get older, right? They're in middle school now. And then they go to the high school and that's cool and weird. And then they go on. And you have twins, so you're getting the double whammy, right? So then they'll both go off to college and you'll be like, oh, well, how do i change things now so i had thought about it but i think ultimately not being the person in charge of that decision i think that's what it was that took it out of me
0: yeah it wasn't and, on your terms
1: yeah and i you know i felt like i was disappointing my staff and i mean so many of them are my friends now and it it was just you know everybody was going through stuff every single person was so, you know, mine had a little more flair, but, you know, it did give me an opportunity now to really kind of dive in and think about what it is that gives me joy and kind of figure what I'm doing from there.
0: Oh, well, and so, you know, you, you did the classes online for a while, seemingly went well, but I know you did, it did. but you ended up getting out of that and taking I on did. a job that was not a food-related job for a little bit.
1: I did I took a job so my background from a hundred million years ago after college was uh, marketing advertising I actually worked on like Hasbro toys and oh Sharp cool electronics GI Joe
0: I love Hasbro so, toys
1: yeah, yeah I- <laughs> it's actually really cool. Um, but I didn't have one of those cool jobs. So I had worked in marketing when I first moved here a long time ago. And then a job popped up with an organization here in our town that I just think is amazing. And I love their mission and I got the job with them and it was exactly what I needed when I needed it because I wasn't in charge. There was an incredibly competent leader, um, remarkably competent staff. Everybody's so talented. And it gave me a little bit of time in there to turn everything off, I think. Turn everything off and is food really where I'm supposed to be? Maybe I can do this and... Um, I was only there for 18 months and I lost my mom and my mother-in-law in that time. And it really gave me perspective and that, no, food is where I want to be. You know, people is where I want to be. Food is where I want to be. So they were so kind to me and I'll always be so grateful. I'm actually helping them with restaurant week. For our town. Nice, uh, nice. Yes, I'm so excited. And we're doing a second week that's going to be really exciting. Um, So that was all good stuff. Uh, But, you know, I'm really delighted to be back on my own and back on my own schedule and doing my own things. And I, I like it. I like it a lot.
0: I can't imagine, you know... I, everyone's well, I think there's like a really cool job for me somewhere in some kind of food service doing some interesting, I don't know, R&D or something. But like I'm just like the, the flexibility alone when I think about like our schedules and especially having the kids and it ramping up. And, you know, my daughter was in Beauty and the Beast in middle school this past week and it was three day, oh you know, three shows. But it's like. Friday night, like being able to go to a Friday night show, oh, and by the way, we gotta get her there Saturday afternoon, and, yep. there's a Saturday night, oh, my son's got basketball twice a week, and my daughter has bass twice a week, like just being able to do that, and I drive them to and yeah. from school, like I don't see a world where taking a nine to five or a you know ten to six or whatever is to going five. to work for yeah. Me. yeah eight to five is gonna work for me, at least not right now. Um, and just being able to like, oh, what time? it's one o'clock on a Monday and I'm here yeah. talking to someone I want to talk to as opposed to like doing some other random nonsense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree. It was it was the rigidity of the schedule that did me in, you know, and being an old bag and getting, you know, the starting vacation days and all of that. You got to pay your dues. I totally get that. But um, I don't know. It wasn't nearly as hard giving up that paycheck the second time. Right. Yeah. I did it once in like 2000, 2001. And then this time was a lot easier, you know.
0: So where's that leave you right now?
1: Oh, so this is so exciting. I'm so thrilled. So I uh, started a new business that I'm calling the Empty Nest Kitchen because that's where I am and that's who I am. And I'm doing online cooking classes targeted towards empty nesters. And there was this whole thing. I have this wonderful woman that I'm working with, and she said something about empty nesters have all this time. I was like, who are you talking to? I'm like, empty nesters don't have any time. Empty nesters are still working. Maybe our kids are grown, but they're like baby grown, right? They're like, they're just dipping a toe into grown. And I'm like, no, they're not retirees. It's a really different thing. But I'm so used to cooking. I mean, at the kitchen studio, I was cooking with everyone for 20 people every night, right? And then I'd bring the leftovers home. Well, now I'm cooking for two. And by the way, one of us had a heart attack and one of us had a stroke. So we have to be careful with what we're doing now. So I'm doing online classes and I'm so excited because I have a contract with AARP Maryland, And I do a free monthly online class. I know, you're like, AARP. But anybody can take it. You do not have to be a member. By the way, you should be because everybody gets great discounts with AARP. But you don't have to be a member. And it goes out. It's the first Saturday of every month. And for me, what's really important with doing the online classes is that we're doing them live. Um, We had over 700 people register for our last class, which was fantastic i was so thrilled and we're routinely getting several hundred people in every class
0: what does that look like uh like are you doing multiple dishes or is it themed like what does that look like
1: so they so aarp does monthly themes and i'll usually try to fit something in but you know fraud and frittatas you know it's like how are you going to do it <laughs> it's clever. so much of it is just how you talk about it you know um and they'll have a um a moderator on who will help do that. But the classes are an hour long. We keep them nice and tight. I'm usually doing two or three different recipes. Last um earlier this month I did beans and greens because I'm so into it. Um, I did something I'm calling my faux katcha, where it's using you know a riff on that whole self rising flour yogurt stuff, yeah, and then um, a shaved Brussels sprout salad, you know, for one or two people. So they ask tons of questions. The chat gets ripping. I love it. And then I'm also doing classes through my website, which is emptynestkitchen.com. Uh, I'm doing one for, I know we'll be past at this point, but for Valentine's Day, I threw a little chocolate two ways. You know, we'll make mousse and truffles just using ganache two ways. And uh, it's selling like hotcakes. I'm loving it.
0: Now, is that for like an individual group, like one party books it? Or do you have a thing where they are like strangers together doing classes?
1: This is the beauty of the online classes. And I'll be totally honest with you. When I did my first online class, uh, in May of 2020, I was kind of like, Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to get back to my own kitchen. This is ridiculous. But I opened my mind and I thought about it and I took some online classes because I'm big into doing a lot of research. Right. Sure. And I had my son come over. He, I knew he wanted to learn how to make cream puffs and eclairs. So he came over one Sunday morning and we took a class on cream puffs and eclairs and we had the most fun we have had together in so long. I learned so much from being a student in that class and the joy of doing an online class. First of all, I think it has to be live. I really do. I think if you're doing pre-recorded, I think that's a different mission, right? I think yeah. it has to be live so that you're there and able to answer the questions.
0: So do you have someone? You have someone answering questions for you, like handling. I'm that answering. On the side? I'm answering. You're answering the, the questions. questions. But I'll so have do you monitor a, a chat? Okay, yeah. a moderator. Okay,
1: I have a moderator who monitors the chat. Who knows what she's doing, so she can answer questions if she needs to. They receive all the recipes. They receive the shopping list as soon as they register. And it, it allows them to work with their own equipment, with their own tools, you know, at their own pace. If they want to have a camera on, awesome, cool, I can see what you're doing. Um, if they don't, awesome, cool, you know, do it in your underwear, that's fine with me. It's a real joy to be able to do something online and fun And use your own things and say, well, I don't have a whisk. How can I do this? Right? And then you work it through with them. And you have to, for these classes, you got to keep them small. You can't, this is not a 700 class situation, right? This is 25 max. Because I want to be able to devote attention to everybody who has real questions. And then at the end, they've got the food. It's the best part because everybody always wanted the leftovers at kitchen studio. I never let people take them home because I once almost watched a fist fight out over filet and lobster mashed potatoes when I was teaching for someone else. And I decided we just weren't going to deal with that. So it would always go home with staff instead. But this way you have the, the meal ready. So starting at the end of, February, beginning of March, I'm going to have a weekly class on Sunday afternoons. So that you take the class, you learn the stuff, you get the recipes, and dinner's ready.
0: And then you don't have a gigantic mess to clean up. I mean, obviously you have some from what you're doing, but it's not like a kitchen where 20 people have been cooking and yeah.
1: Yeah. That's so nice. (laughs) And you have and you have food
0: for your family, so
1: I do. I do, and I've got a dishwasher here at Kitchen Studio. Everything was by hand. So this is delightful. It's just, it's really, you know, I'm calling it cooking connected because what I'm really trying to do is build connection. Because once you'll you'll see this, once you're not taking the kids to play practice and to base practice and to all the other things that you're doing, you know, that's social for parents. And it may not be that they're your best friends, but they're people that you can chat up and you talk to and maybe you have similar interests. I mean, you're at the same thing for your kid. Yeah. So when your kids age out of that and they go off to school or do whatever they're doing, all of a sudden, all that connection, you know, six years of softball. Well, that's gone four years across country. I don't see those parents anymore. And it's just that your lives change and it's really easy to become disconnected and to feel a little lonely, so I am all about cooking connected and building connection in the kitchen, you know, for empty nesters.
0: That's great, and you seem to have taken to. I mean, you have the personality for it. I think. I mean, I'm sure everyone tells you how quiet you are, right?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I run into that a lot.
0: Uh, so, for our listeners, I mean, where do you want to direct people if there's a call to action or something you want people to do. I mean, obviously find you online and maybe book a class.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and I wanted to tell you, I'm also doing uh, corporate team buildings online. And oh, okay. Oh, oh my gosh. I just did one for a company that everybody is all over the U.S. and Canada. And we had a scavenger hunt. We had prizes. We had all sorts of things happening. And it was just... The most fun. So if anybody wants to find me, the easiest way is emptinesskitchen.com, right? Uh, but I'm also, because who are you if you don't have a podcast, I'm going to be launching um, the Empty Nest Kitchen podcast. And it is targeted toward the ladies, um, but that's going to be coming out late February, early March.
0: I heard a rumor about that someone I talked to in person a week or so ago, so i 'm so thrilled I, it was it was on my list of things to ask before we got out of here today so that's exci- <laughs> that 's exciting so breaking news if people haven 't heard it
1: <laughs> i 'm really excited because there are so many super cool ladies I know um, it 's really different from what you 're doing here, which i 'm obsessed with. Um, boy, I sounded so Gen Z with that Oops. <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's targeted. I'm talking food, of course, because food is the thing, but I'm also going to have some, uh, like I said, some really cool emptiness ladies with some things they do. And, um, I just, I can't wait. It's, it's fun stuff. And I look at you and I'm like, oh my gosh, Chris, you're building an empire.
0: I mean, it, you know, it's, it started in, uh, my garage. Uh, we we had some interviews at my dining room table here. You know, you figure this. The, the audio quality was not great. When people say that they're they found my show and they're starting at the beginning, I'm like, please don't. Like, you're gonna get into episode three <laughs> and be like, I've had enough of this. Like, start now. Work your way yeah. backwards. You know, if you want to get you know deep dives, you can go there. But like, I think I figured some things out in four and a half years of doing this. I hope.
1: I I think you did well. Right now, I'm in that phase of. It, just do it because you have nowhere to go but up.
0: I look forward to that. I'm not sure when this episode's coming out. So as soon as you get yours, I'll put it in the show notes. So even if this comes out um, early, I can always go back engineer and like put that, put a link in there so that people will find this. So when they listen to this episode a year from now, you know, they'll they'll be able Love to link it. to that episode. Well, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Oh my gosh, Chris, I can't thank you enough. This is really fun. I can check it off my list now. Um, I just, I really appreciate you bringing me on, letting me talk about the emptiness kitchen and, and do the whole thing. So thank you.
0: Well, I think it's, it's great and um, something that people are really interested. The more I see people, they're always talking about cooking classes and cooking lessons. So I forever will direct them to you because this is not my wheelhouse, not my jam. Um, so yeah, go check her out if you're interested in a cooking class. Yeah, uh, that's and, my
1: special sauce.
0: And as everyone knows, this has been Chris with Chefs Out Restaurants. I hope you enjoyed this episode and have a great week. Thank you. Over the past 30 years, the world of the personal chef has grown in importance to fulfill dining needs. While the pandemic certainly upended the restaurant experience, it allowed personal chefs to close that dining gap. Central to all of that is the United States Personal Chef Association. Representing nearly 1,000 chefs around the U.S. and Canada, USPCA provides a strategic backbone for those chefs, including liability insurance, training, communications, certification, and more. It's a reassurance to consumers that the chef coming into their home is prepared to offer them an experience with their meal. USPCA provides training to become a personal chef through our preparatory membership. Looking to showcase your products or services to our chefs and their clients? Partnership opportunities are available. And there's a new member special on all membership levels. Save $25 to $75 by using promo code SPRING2024. Special veteran pricing and payment plans are available. Call Angela today at 1-800-995-2138 extension 705 or email her at a-p-r-a-t-h-e-r at uspca.com for membership and partner info. You're still here? The podcast's over. If you are indeed still here, thanks for taking the time to listen to the show. I'd love to direct you to one place and that's chefswithoutrestaurants.org. From there, you'll be able to join our email newsletter, Get connected in our free Facebook group and join our personal chef, catering and food truck database so I can help get you more job leads. And you'll also find a link to our sponsor page where you'll find products and services I love. You pay nothing additional to use these links, but I may get a small commission, which helps keep the Chefs Without Restaurants podcast and organization running. You might even get a discount for using some of these links. As always, you can reach out to me on Instagram at Chefs Without Restaurants or send me an email at chefswithoutrestaurants at gmail.com. Thanks so much.